الحمد لله حمدا كثيرا طيبا مباركا كما يحب ربنا ويرضى أشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له وأشهد أن محمدا عبده ورسوله الناصح الأمين اللهم صل على نبينا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين ومن تمسك بسنته إلى يوم الدين ثم أما بعد الحمد لله after having taken the introduction that we had taken earlier we want to move on to a very important topic that contains therein many subtopics or related topics we have mentioned that the meaning of siyam lughatan it means al-imsak al-imsak to withhold or to refrain and we have mentioned the istilahan or shara'an legislatively it means huwa al-imsak biniyyatan ala al-mufattirat al-hissiya wa al-ma'nawiya min tulur al-fajr al-thani ila ghurub al-shams then it means to withhold with a niyya to withhold intentionally from those things which will break the fast al-mufattirat those things which will break and nullify one's fast those things that will break the fast they will either be al-hissiya or al-ma'nawi al-hissiya these are things that are tangible things for example eating drinking and intercourse wal-ma'nawiya these are intangible things that will reduce the reward of the fast and possibly make it of such and wish a person gets no reward from it and these are things like riba and namima looking at the haram listening to the haram committing the haram speaking with foul speech uh, so on and so forth so that brings us to a very important hadith because as we know from the sunnah of the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam is that he used to fast much in the month of sha'ban so it's important that we look at a very important issue and those sub issues or related issues that refer to it the great imam al-hafiz ibn hajar rahimahullah ta'ala he mentions inside of bulugh al-maram inside of the book of as-siyam kitab as-siyam the book of fasting he mentions therein a hadith hadith an abi huraira radiyallahu ta'ala anhu qala rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam la taqaddamu ramadan bi sawmi yawmin wa la yawmayn إِلَّا رَجُلٌ كَانَ يَصُومُ صَوْمًا فَلْيَصُمُ حَدِيثٌ مُتَفَقٌّ عَلَيْهِ وَأَبُو هُرَيْرَةَ رَضِيَ اللَّهُ تَعَالَى عَنْهُ he narrates that the messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam he said do not proceed Ramadan with fasting a day or two before it do not proceed Ramadan by fasting a day or two before it except for the one or except for the man who used to fast the fast so then he may fast it and this hadith is mutafaqun alayh hadith that has been agreed upon by al-bukhari and muslim waqara al-allama al-muhaddith al-imam imam muhammad nasiruddin al-albani rahimahullah ta'ala he says fi hadha al-hadith نهي صريح عن تقدم بين يد رمضان بصوم يوم أو أكثر من يوم. he said inside this hadith there comes an explicit prohibition on preceding Ramadan with fasting a day or more than a day right before Ramadan. وهذا من باب المخالفة على مفروض الصيام. 
Thalika huwa shahr Ramadan. He said, and this is from the standpoint of not mixing with the obligatory fast. This is from the standpoint of not mixing with the obligatory fast. And this is the fast of Ramadan. He said, and what and that is the month of Ramadan. The month of Ramadan. The Shaykh he says, Falaya Jews the Muslim and Yazida Ala Ramadan. Sawa and Fitakdim Naam of Fitakdum Aw Fitakhir. He said, It is not permissible for a person to proceed the fasting of Ramadan, whether it is by bringing something forward or by bringing something in front of it, Naam, or whether it is by bringing something at the end of it, Yawmin Aw Yawmin, a day or two days. Naam. So we start to see some of the wisdom from this particular hadith And the shaykh is going to further explain and point out the wisdom And that which we benefit from this particular hadith The shaykh he says وَهَذَا الْحَدِيثِ فِي الْوَاقِعِ وَإِنْ كَانَ جَاءَ خَاصًا فِي النَّهِي عَنِ الْتَقَدْمِ وَعَنْ وَصُلْ أَيَّامِ مِنْ شَهْرِ الشَّعْبَانِ بِشَهْرِ رَمَضَانِ فَفِيهِ تَلْمِيحِ قَوِيِّ I want you to write this down. لا يجوز زيادة عن العبادة المفروضة. The Shaykh he says is that we see from this particular hadith and what it describes from that which is actually taking place. Even though specifically is speaking about or is specifically mentioning a prohibition as relates to the month of Ramadan and about mixing the months or mixing the days of Sha'ban with the days of Ramadan with regards to fasting. The Shaykh, he extracts a very important ruling from this particular hadith and this prohibition, which is, he says, وَفِيهِ In it, there is a very strong indication that it is not permissible to increase upon any obligatory act of worship. That it is not obligatory. We understand from this hadith that it is not obligatory to increase upon any obligatory act of worship. The Shaykh he says, هذا حكم صريح في النهي عن أن يتقدم الرجل بصوم يوم أو يومين بين يد رمضان. He said, in it there is a explicit ruling which prohibits the individual. From proceeding the fast of Ramadan by fasting a day or two before or right in front of Ramadan. He said, and what enters into this without doubt is fasting the day of doubt. What enters into this without doubt is the fast of the day of doubt. So the issue as it relates, and the Shaykh is going to explain, we can reach it. That also what we understand from this, it shows us a, a clear indication that it is not permissible to fast the day of doubt. It is not permissible to fast the day of doubt. And the Shaykh, he says, كَمَا سَيَأْتِي فِي حَدِيثِ تَعْلِي Like is going to come in the following hadith. In the following hadith. The Shaykh, he says, فَهَذَا النَّهِي عَنْ تَقُدْمِ الرَّمَضَانِ بِصَوْمِ يَوْمِ أَوْ يَوْمَيْنِ يُؤَكِّدُ وُجُوبِ الْمُحَافَظَةِ عَلَى الْعِبَادَةِ he said, and this prohibition of prohibiting proceeding Ramadan by fasting a day or two before it, it affirms the prohibition, or it, I'm sorry, it affirms the obligatory, on how it is obligatory and it is wajib to safeguard the ibadah. How it is obligatory and it is wajib for an individual to safeguard his ibadah. Kama shuri'at. بدون زيادة أو نقص that a person has to safeguard his obligatory acts of worship exactly the way that they have been legislated without any increase or decrease. Now, and this issue is of extreme, extreme importance. This issue is of extreme importance.
that it is not permissible to increase and to add on to any act of worship. But we are to do that act of worship as it has been legislated, without increasing upon it and without taking away from it. Now, and when we see all of the connected things are connected to this ruling, we start to appreciate the understanding and the knowledge and the depth of precision and understanding of the ulama. And we see how we need the ulama. And we have to refer back to the ulama. Because the ulama, they are waratatul anbiya. They are those who inherit from the prophets. The ulama. So our connection should be for the ulama, longing for the ulama. Naam. And it's important that we understand this and that we and that we put everyone in their proper place. That we put everyone in their proper place. So when I say that I'm talking about myself first and foremost, now is that we are just bridges. We are just bridges linking you to the Ulama. That's it. Because what we are looking for ourselves, what we should be looking for, is to connect to the Ulama. Right? It's to connect to the Ulama. So we can be an aim and a benefit and an assistance in helping our brothers and connecting to the ulama, then that's where it's at. Anyone who thinks that it stops at the likes of myself or those who are slightly better than me and so on and so forth, then you are sadly mistaken. You are one who is very foolish. We have to connect ourselves to the ulama, understand and remember who you're looking at. Now, the shaykh goes on and he says, المؤمنين إنما هو صوم شهر رمضان. He said that verily that which Allah Taala has made obligatory upon His believing servants, then it is the fasting of the month of Ramadan. وهو يكون تارة ثلاثين يوما and sometimes it's thirty days. وقد يكون تارة تسعة تسعة وعشرين يوما and sometimes it is twenty nine days. فلا يجوز أن يتقدم بصوم يوم أو يومين خشية أن يصبح رمضان أكثر من ثلاثين يوما مع الزمن. He says so it is incumbent that it is not permissible rather that we proceed Ramadan by fasting a day or two before it, fearing that we will increase upon the days of Ramadan so that it becomes more than thirty days. From time, مَعَمَضَ الزَّمَنَ مَضَ الْعَهْدِ لِلْمُسْلِمِينَ عَلَى الْعِلْمِ بِالْكِتَابِ وَالسُّنَّةِ So that it becomes more than 30 days in time, a time frame which is well known from, يعني, a time frame which has been placed upon the Muslims uh, and is well known from the book and the sunnah. The shaykh, he says, فَأَقُولُ So I say, فَوَقْضِ الَّذِي هَذَا الْحَدِيدِ يَنْهَا نَهْيًا صَرِيحًا عَنْ تَقَدَّمْ بَيْنَ يَدِ الرَّمَضَانِ بصوم يوم أو يومين كذلك كل عبادة. The Sheikh says, so I'm saying that at the same time that this particular hadith is explicitly prohibiting, explicitly prohibiting bringing or adding to the fast of Ramadan or adding right before Ramadan with the fast of a day or two. He said, then likewise, it's also applicable for every act of worship. For every act of worship. It is not permissible that you will bring anything before any act of worship that resembles it, so that it may be understood as an increasement of it. Naam. And the Shaykh is going to bring a very good example. He says, كَمَا أَنَّهُ لَا يَجُوزَ he said, just like it is not permissible to connect to it that which is not from it, from other acts of worship, and other actions of obedience. He said it is a must that we bring something that actualizes and it separates 
between this fasting that is obligatory and that is the fasting of Ramadan with anything else. The Shaykh says, لَبُدُّ مِنَ الْفَصْلِ بِالْإِفْبَارِ يَعْنِ قَبْلِهِ بِيَوْمَيْنِ He said, it is incumbent that we make a separation between the fast of Ramadan by breaking the fast and eating a day or so before it. Naam. The Shaykh, he says, وَكَذَلِكَ بَعْدًا and also after it, that we separate our fasting in Ramadan, when Ramadan has come to an end, by making sure that we eat and we drink and we make ifbar naam, on the day of the Eid. And this, is, and this is from the wisdoms of why I entered the prohibition of fasting on the day of the Eid uh, as relates to Eid al-Fitr. This is from the wisdoms of why it's prohibited so that we don't make an addition uh, to the to, to the number of days in which was fasted, so we bring a separation by eating and drinking and having ifbar before we go to fasting the voluntary fast. The Shaykh says, <laughs> He said, is that and this is to actualize that this particular act of worship that it is obligatory and that is the fasting of Ramadan only. That is obligatory, and that we don't connect anything else to it. The Shaykh says, وَمِنْ هَذَا وَمِنْ هَذَا قُبَيْنَ تَمَامًا مَا جَاءَ فِي صَحِيْ مُسْلَمْ He said, and from this standpoint, and when we look at that which we had just recently went over, the Shaykh says, then we see that which has come to Sahih Muslim, مِنْ نَحِي الرَّسُولِ اللَّهِ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمْ وَنَحِي الرَّسُولِ صَلَى اللَّهِ صَلَى اللَّهِ سَلَّمْ نعم أن يصلي فرض الجمعة بالسنة التي بعدها أو أن يصل فرض الجمعة بالسنة التي بعدها. He said, and from the standpoint we see, تماما, we see very clearly that which has come in Sahih Muslim, where the Prophet ﷺ he prohibited that we combined نعم أن يصل فرض الجمعة بالسنة التي بعدها that we combine the obligated prayer of Jumu'ah with the sunnah, the, uh, the voluntary prayers that comes after it. All of this fits into the same understanding uh, and the same purpose that we don't connect one act of worship to another act of worship, but we have to bring between them a separation. We have to bring between them a separation. Naam. The Shaykh he says, فَأَمْرَ بِفَصْلِ بَيْنَ الْفَرْضِ وَتَتَوَّرْ إِمَّا بِالْكَلَامِ He says, so he has commanded that there is a separation between the obligatory and between that which is voluntary, either by kalam, by speaking, وَإِمَّا بِالْخُرُوجِ Or by leaving, leaving the masjid. Naam. Because there may be a situation where you don't speak to anyone, but then you leave, right? Al-Siraf, or that you turn and you, and, and you change places. Naam. Nahar Rasul, alayhi salatu wa salam, al-wasul fard bil-sunnah, al-lati ba'd. The Prophet, sallallahu he has prohibited connecting the obligatory act of worship with the voluntary act of worship that may come after it. Ma'am, so if Jumu'ah comes and we have made the Taslim and now we want to pray our Sunnahs, what do we have to do? We either have to what? To speak or we have to leave, pray the Sunnahs in the house or we have to what? Change our position. We have to change our position. Why? This is so add to bring a separation between the obligatory act of praying Jumu'ah and the voluntary act of praying the, 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 the sunnahs after it. The Shaykh says, هَذَا إِذَنْ So therefore this, مِنْ بَابِ سَدِّ This is from the standpoint of closing the door and shutting down and preventing the means and يُوَصِّلَ بِالْفَرْضِ مَا لَيْسَ مِنْهُ That we will Connect to the obligatory act of worship that which is not from it. For Yomu Jumu'ah, so that the day of Jumu'ah, we know that Jumu'ah it comes bisura khasa. It has a specific description, right? The Shaykh he says bisura am. 
He said, and, and generally, all of the uh, acts of worship, they have various yani, uh, descriptions. يَنْبَغِي بَعْدِ salam. It is a must after the salam. Al-Fasl. He said, after the salam, we have to bring a separation. Either by leaving, out, تَغِيرُ makan, or that we change our position. Or that you speak to your companion with general speech. That you speak to your companion with general speech. Not that you turn to him and you say, Haramain, or something like this from the, the, uh, uh, the expressions of bid'ah that have, been, that have not been legislated. But you speak to him with a regular speech. Now, Assalamu alaikum, kifhad, to the end of it. If you have done that, then you could pray in that particular spot. Why? Because sometimes you may be in a situation where it's very crowded. And it may be difficult to change positions due to it being crowded. It may be difficult for you to leave and you know your situation that you're on your way back to work or so on and so forth. So if you leave out, then more than likely you're not going to pray your sunnahs and you want to capitalize on the opportunity to pray your sunnahs and you can't move, you can't leave. So then what do you do? You turn to anyone around you and you speak to him for a couple of seconds so as to bring a separation between the obligation and between that which is voluntary. The Shaykh, he says, and all of this, yani, tahqiqan al-fasl, is so to and actualize a separation. Naam. And the Shaykh, he said, ilman, and this is knowing, anna al-amr, kama qala alayhi salatu wa salam, tahrimuha al-takbir, wa tahrimuha al-tasneem. He said, all of this is knowing, as the Prophet ﷺ, he said, that that which yani, uh, enters you into the salah and makes yani, the things outside the salah haram is the takbir. And the thing which will free you, right? So to make those things that are haram doing the salah halal again for you is what? Is the taslim. The Shaykh, he says, yani, يَحِلُّ لَكَ مَا كَانَ حَرَامٍ مِنْ قَبْلِ مِنْ قَبْلِ يعني في الصلاة, Meaning that those things that were haram in the salah they are now permissible for you. They are now permissible for you from speaking adi kalam and so on and so forth. Whereas in the salah, you don't, you don't speak to people. Right? Now, so the shaykh goes on and he said, بِمُجَرَّدِ الْقَوْلِ أَسَّلَامُ عَلَيْكُمْ وَرَحْمَةُ اللَّهِ He said in this, uh, which will release you from the salah, is simply by the statement, أَسَّلَامُ عَلَيْكُمْ وَرَحْمَةُ اللَّهِ نعم. فِي التَّسْلِيمَ الْأُولَى Inside of the first taslim. So that which will free you from the salah is what? The Shaykh is saying is what? The, the taslim. But which one? The first taslim. The first taslim ends the salah. That's what the Shaykh is saying here. That the first taslim, it ends the salah. That's it. Now the salah is over. So the Shaykh, Rahimullah Ta'ala, he goes on and he says, وَلَكِنْ However, مَنْ بَابِ التَّأْكِيدِ لَهَا he said, but from the standpoint of making sure that there is a separation, then we have been commanded with what? With more than one salam. So we don't only salam to our rights, but then after we what? We salam to our left. Even though the salam to the right finishes the prayer. But the salam to the left reinforces that separation huh, between what you do after the prayer. So it reinforces the separation. So you see how much the sharia puts an emphasis on not increasing to the actions of worship, not increasing to the obligatory acts. And the shaykh, he's going somewhere with this, so it's very important. He's going somewhere with this to show you that this is a, this is a tremendously dangerous issue that a lot of people fall into Right? From another standpoint. But the Shaykh is building a foundation here, showing you how the Sharia, it, 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 it enforces and it reinforces and it encourages and re-encourages separation between an obligatory act of worship and a voluntary act of worship. Now, the Shaykh goes on and he says, Woman Bab said the Dhariya, and from the standpoint of closing down and shutting off all of the means, naam, is that, or all the means to connecting and adding upon an obligatory act of worship. Wahiya, fariqatul salah. 
And we're speaking here about the obligation of the prayer or the obligatory prayers. Now that we add to it that which is, as the Shaykh he says, Laysa minha, that we add to it that which is not from it. Naam, he said, Akira Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam ala musalli an yatakallama aw an yansarafa yaminan aw yasaran quddaman aw khalfan. Naam, kullu hadha yuakhidu hadha al-amr alladhi amra bihi rasul alayhi salatu wa sallam. He said, so that the Prophet he made it even more so. Because now remember, the first salam exit you from the from the salah, right? The second salam is just to reinforce the separation between the two acts of worship. Right? But even with that, the Prophet he brings another reinforcing agent that further confirms a separation between this and that is that he commanded us to either speak, to move, and the Shaykh he says you can move to the right, you can move to the left, you can move to the front, you can move to the back, whatever way is easy for you. Move to the right, left, front, back, whatever way is easy for you. The Shaykh he says in all of this is to reinforce this particular affair that the Prophet ﷺ he has commanded and ordered us with. Allah تَقَدَّمْ بَيْنَ يَدِ الرَّمَضَانِ بِسَوْمِ يَوْمِ he says, so therefore, getting back now, we see that it is not permissible and that we are not to add before Ramadan by fasting a day out, yawmain, or two days. Naam, liyabaka shahr Ramadan, so that, uh, so that shahr Ramadan can remain, naam, dun ziyada, without any type of increase, without any type of increase. The Shaykh, he says, kama annahu la yajuz annafs minhu, الزيادة كما يقول العامة أخونا عفو ناقص نعم this is a, a, a phrase in Arabic الزيادة أخو ناقص نعم he, the Shaykh he says so we are not to increase upon Ramadan he said and just like it's not allowed for us to decrease from Ramadan then likewise with regards to the increase it is as the uh, common expression it goes that increase is increase is the brother of decrease, meaning that just like we can't increase, we cannot decrease. Just like we can't take away from Ramadan, we can't add to Ramadan. It's not permissible for us to add to Ramadan. The Shaykh goes on and he says, and the Prophet ﷺ, he said, "La تقدموا Ramadan بصوم يوم ولا يومين." Do not Proceed Ramadan with fasting a day or two. The Shaykh he says, "Hal nahi ala Is this prohibition generally like that across the board? Is this a prohibition as across the board that is not permissible in any case or circumstance to fast a day or two before Ramadan?" The Shaykh he says, "Yaqur Rasul sallallahu alaihi wasallam jawabin ala hadha sual that the Prophet sallallahu he said in answering this question, "Illa rajulun." كَانَ يَصُومُ صَوْمًا فَلْيَصُمْهُ Except for the man who used to fast a, 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 a fast, so therefore he can fast it. The Shaykh he says, وَهَذَا الْإِسْتِسْنَاءِ He said, in, in this uh, exception, نعم, يُوَضِّحُ أَنَّ النَّحِي السَّابِقْ إِنَّمَا هُوَ الْخَاصِ بِمَنْ يَتَعَمَّدُ التَّقَدُّمْ بَيْنَ يَدِ الرَّمَضَانِ بِسَوْمِ يَوْمِ يَوْمَيْنِ He said that this prohibition it becomes clear to us that the previous prohibition, it is only for the one who intends, he intentionally intends to fast between or before Ramadan by a day or two. He intends to, to fast a day or two right before Ramadan for the sole purpose or the sole intention of fasting a day or two before Ramadan. The Shaykh says, وَأَمَّا إِنسَانٌ أُخْرَى وَالْآخَرٌ He said, but if I was another person, لَهُ نِظَامِ الصِّيَامِ He has a... Uh, he has a nivam, he has a way, he has a system. Naam, He has a system of fasting. Mathalan, he said, for example. Naam. He says, for example, and yakuna ma'adatihi itzba' sunnah al ma'roof. He said, meaning, for example, it is from his habit that he establishes and he follows the well known sunnah. And yasuma min kulli usbur yomul ithnain. وَيَوْمُ الْخَمِيسِ is that every week he fasts يَوْمُ الْثَنَيْنِ 
Naam, which is? Monday. Wayom, Khamis, which is? Thursday. Huh? If a man is fasting, it's his habit if every Monday and Thursday he's fasting. Naam. And the like, the Shaykh he says, فَاتَّفَقَ أَنْ جَاءَ يَوْمُ الْخَمِيسِ وَكَانَ ذَلِكَ قَبْلَ رَمَضَانِ بِيَوْمُ He says, so therefore it happens to come upon him and agrees that the day of Thursday, يَوْمُ الْخَمِيسِ It comes a day before Ramadan. But he used to fasting every Monday and every Thursday, right? But Ramadan, that particular year, happens to start that يَوْمُ الْجُمْعَةِ Right? Then is it okay for this man to fast? Yes, it's fine for him to fast. And the Shaykh he says, فَهَذَا يَدْخُلُ فِي هَذِ النَّهِي إِذَا تَقَدَّمَ الرَّمَضَانِ بِالصَّوْمِ يَوْمِ أَوْ يَوْمَيْنِ نعم, he says, فَهَلْ فَهَلْ يَدْخُلُ فِي هَذِ النَّهِي إِذَا تَقَدَّمَ الرَّمَضَانِ بِالصَّوْمِ يَوْمِ أَوْ يَوْمَيْنِ he says, so is he entering into this prohibition by fasting before Ramadan a day or two days? Does he enter into the prohibition? No. no. The Shaykh says, Al-Jawab, la. Due to the statement of the Prophet Sallallahu except for a man who used to fast a fast, so then it is okay for him to fast it. وَهَذَا الَّذِي أَعْتَادْ هَذَا صُيَامِ الْمَشْرُوعِ And this is for the one who was accustomed Naam to fasting this obligatory and legislated fast. Naam lahu an yataqaddam al-Ramadan bi mithl hadha al-Siyam li'annahu la yataqassid hadha al-Taqaddam. He says it's okay for him to proceed the fasting of Ramadan with this fast because he did not intend to fast this particular day when he not intend to fast just for the sake of fasting right before Ramadan but he was keeping in habit with his routine of fasting the shaykh he says وَكَانَ الْمَقْصُودُ مُبَاشَرًا بِهَذِ النَّهِي هُوَ الصِّيَامِ يَوْمُ he said and also what enters directly into this prohibition is fasting the day of doubt الَّذِي سَيَأْتِي الْحَدِيثِ الْخَاصَ فِيهِ that which a hadith will come specifically dealing with it but this hadith here is also a proof and evidence that it's not permissible to fast the day of doubt. The Shaykh says, لِأَنَّ Because the one who he fasts on the day of doubt, يَسُومُ يَوْمِ الَّذِي هُوَ بَيْنَ يَدِ الرَّمَضَانِ He'll be fasting a day that's right before Ramadan. So, he went, so this hadith also is a proof showing the prohibition of fasting the day of doubt. The Shaykh says, وَلَمْ يَثْبُتْ بَعْدَ أَنْ هَذَا يَوْمَ uh, he says, and this day of doubt, it is not confirmed that this is actually from Ramadan. It's not confirmed. So now the Shaykh he gets into another issue. He says, So people they say fasted just to be safe, just for safe measure, fasted. And this brings us into the issue of safe measure. We see this hadith is tremendous, has many, many, many benefits, many fawaid in this particular hadith. From that is this concept of exception, or because of, uh, what do you say, just from precaution, from out of precaution, uh, just to be safe, rather be safe than sorry, as they say. So they say from this standpoint, then we'll fast the day of doubt, because it's a day of doubt. Maybe it's Ramadan, maybe it's not Ramadan, but therefore to be precautious, we'll just fast it anyway. Just for safe measure. Naam. The Shaykh, he says, وَفَتَحَ بَابِ الْإِحْتِيَابِ الدين. He said, then they will open up the door of doing things for safe measure inside the religion. And the Shaykh, he says, وَهُوَ فَتْحُ لِلْبَابِ كَبِيرٌ And this will open up a tremendous door in the religion. A tremendous door for what? مِنْ زِيَادَةِ To add on to the deen. To bring additions to the deen. You understand? And the Shaykh he says, وَهَذَا فِي الْوَاقِعِ لَهُ أَمْثِلَ كَثِيرًا فِي بَعْدِ الْأَحْكَامِ الْفِقِيَّةِ He said, and this in reality has many examples with regards to the uh, jurisprudic rules and regulations. There are many examples of this. The Shaykh he says, لَعَلَى الْحَاضُرِينَ يَعْلَمُونَ أَنَّ بَعْدَ الْمَذَاهِبِ He said, perhaps some of those who are listening, some of those who are present, they know that some of the madahib, نعم, uh, 
من صلى يوم الجمعة أن يصليها بعد الفراغ منها ظهرا. He says some of the madhahib, some of the madhahib, right? They make it obligatory upon the one who prays Jum'ah that after he finishes praying Jum'ah, that he prays Dhuhr. After you pray Jum'ah, you have to pray Dhuhr. And listen what they say. They say, They say, some, some of the madhahib, they make this obligatory upon their followers and practitioners. He said, but you find other madhahib, uh, they don't make this binding. Min from from the standpoint, yani, that the first madhab, they make it binding. The Shaykh says, well, The first madhab, they say, because the salah, naam, lam tasih. Maybe the salah, it wasn't right. So, so then you have to pray the other one. وَلَكِنْ هَذَا مَذْهَبِ الْآخَرِ يَقُولُ This other one, they say, إِنَّهُ هُنَاكَ They bring the doubt. Right? Uh, Now, he says that one of them, they will say that this particular salah, it is not proper, right? So therefore, pray this one. And the others, they come with their statement and they say, He said in that you have various uh, preconditions and prerequisites that are required. Various preconditions and prerequisites that are required for the salah. وَإِذَا تُوَفَّرَتْ Sahat as-salah, salat al-jum'ah. He said, and if you were to establish them, then salat al-jum'ah would to be accepted. Wa in lam tawaffar, lam tasih salah. And if it is not uh, fulfilled, then the prayer it is not. It doesn't count. It's not correct. It's not valid. Right? The Shaykh he says, from in bab al-ihtiyab. So from the standpoint of ihtiyab, naam. يُحْسِنُ أَنْ يُصَلِّ بَعْدَ صُلَاةُ الْجُمْعَةِ صُلَاةُ الظُّهْرِ Then from the standpoint of for safe measure, and it's better to be safe than sorry, and just from precaution, then because maybe you fulfilled all the prerequisites of the prayer, or maybe you didn't. But because you don't know if you did or you didn't, and maybe because you don't know if your Jumu'ah counted or it didn't count, so from this standpoint to be safe, then pray dhuhr too. Now, now, now. But this is the, but this gives you an insight into their understanding as to why they do this. Is that they're saying from the standpoint of being cautious, and this is why the Sheikh is saying a person fasting the day of doubt it opens up this big can of worms, for lack of a better term, because because then where does it stop? Or just from being careful, we'll fast. We don't know if it is, but we'll fast it just in case. So now this 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 concept of just in case. It, it now when it comes to Jum'ah, maybe your Jum'ah didn't count. Maybe may, maybe you didn't make wudu well enough. Maybe you didn't do this. Maybe that. You open up the door for Shaitan to play with you. Maybe you forgot this rokin. Maybe you didn't do that rokin well. Maybe you know. Maybe your 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 your, your, your rukur was too fast, so it didn't count. Maybe sujood was too fast, so it didn't count. If if, if you miss one of the rokin, then now the salat becomes invalid. So you know what? Okay, just pray Dhuhr, just to be safe. Just to be safe, just pray Dhuhr. So you open up this door and this understanding of from the standpoint of being safe. But this is one of those things that this particular hadith, it closes this door. It closes this door. But the closing of this door, as it comes and as extracted from this hadith, is something that most people will miss. Because how many of us have read this hadith, heard this hadith, perhaps even memorized this hadith, but, ne but never understood that this hadith also closes the door for the likes of this. Now, and this is why we need the ulama. This is why we need the ulama. The shaykh says, We have the this type of precaution and so on and so forth, you addi biqa'ili ila mukhalafa ma huwa ma'loom in deen bidbarura. He said, and that this standpoint or this concept of doing things for safe measure, it will open up the door for the person who speaks with it, that he will go against things that are well known from the deen bidbarura. Things that are well known from the deen and by necessity, everyone has to know them. Ma'am, like we said, it opens the door for Shaykhban to play with a person now. Now, when you find a person keep repeating stuff over and over, and therefore he will go in contradiction to those things that are well known from the deen. The shaykh, he says, He says, is this not from the standpoint, or is it not the case that Allah Azza wa Jal, إِنَّمَا فَرَضَ فِي كُلِّ يَوْمٍ وَلَيْلَ خَمْسَ صَلَوَاتٍ 
He said, is, is it not the fact that Allah Azza wa Jalla has made obligatory every day and night five prayers? Five. Right? Five prayers. He says, وَإِلَى And also it will bring the person who says this to differing with another, another text. Because a person who will pray Dhuhr and Jum'ah, then he had gone against that which is well known that Allah has made five prayers obligatory. He's gone contrary to that. But also, he goes against another text. And it is a statement of the Prophet ﷺ that Shaykh al-Bani, he says it is Sahih Hassan, or Hassan Sahih, uh, as it comes in Abu Dawood and other places, where the Prophet ﷺ, he said, لا صلاة في يوم مرتين. He said that there is no prayer in a day that's to be done twice. There's no one prayer in a day that's to be performed twice. Naam. The Shaykh says, We know that that which is obligatory is what prayer? No, the prayer that's obligatory is Salatu Jumu'ah. Naam. The Shaykh says, and in the and in the case where Salatul Jumu'ah it doesn't count from the standpoint a person missed Jumu'ah he overslept he was sick something like this and he wasn't able to make it to the masjid he has some legislative uh, excuse then what is he to do then he prayed Vuhur right so in the in the Sharia it comes what either this or either that not both. But if, 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 if you can pray Jum'ah, you pray Jum'ah. For whatever reason, you're traveling, you're not in the area, whatever, this and that. Uh, so you excuse from praying Jum'ah, then you pray Dhuhr. But you don't pray Dhuhr and Jum'ah, you just pray one or the other. But the Shaykh, he says, marratain. He said, but with regards to praying two times, to Jum'ah, one time you pray with the intention for Jum'ah, and another time you pray with the niyyah and the intention of dhuhr, so you pray Jum'ah, then you get up and say, okay, well, no, let me pray dhuhr, and you turn around and you pray for Raka'at, dhuhr. Now, the Shaykh, he says, hada khilaf, hada hadith. This is going against this hadith. Because by doing that, you have done what? You have prayed that prayer that comes after Fajr, how many times? Twice. You have prayed it twice. And the Prophet ﷺ, he said, there is no one prayer that's, that should be prayed twice in a day. There's no one prayer that's to be prayed twice in one day. The Shaykh says, He said, and this is coupled with him going against that which is well known from the deen بالضرورة. Every Muslim knows that a Muslim prays how many times a day? Five times a day. Now, in this country that we live in, it has reached a point where a lot of kufar know that Muslims pray five times a day. But this person, when he wants to pray vuhur, uh, and Jumu'ah, now he's praying what, six times? Right? But then where does that end now? Now he starts to play, Shaytan play with him. I don't know about Asr. Okay, pray again. Well, I don't know. Maybe the second time wasn't good either. Okay, pray for a third time. You see? And it's how the, the person becomes victim to the waswas. Naam? But the Shaykh says, Al-Hadith Yaqood, La Salah Fi Yawm Marratain. He said, Hadith says, There is no one prayer, pray twice in a day. فَهَذَا فِي وَقْتٍ وَاحِدٍ He said, meaning at one time. There's no prayer, you pray twice in one time. He says, وَقْتٍ ظُهُرٍ He says, so in the time of ظُهُرٍ صَلِّي صَلَاتَيْنِ A person, he prays two prayers. صَلَاتُ جُمْعَةً ثُمَّ صَلَاتُ ظُهُرٍ صَلَاتُ جُمْعَةً ثُمَّ صَلَاتُ ظُهُرٍ Shaykh, he says, فَذَلِكَ لَا يَجُوزٍ he says, so therefore it is not permissible he said, so therefore it is not permissible for an individual to increase upon a textual ruling as it comes inside of the legislation from the standpoint of being precautious and from the standpoint of safe measure. Now, and this is with all the actions of worship. That we don't increase upon them saying, oh, from safe measure. The Shaykh, he says, or from the standpoint, or from the standpoint of that which the common people, they say, that increase is good, is good. Any increase is good. If you're going to do something, do more, it's good. This is what the, again, the concept, right? 
Uh, in, in some things, maybe, but this is not true in everything. When it comes to giving sadaqah, you can give a little more, give a little more. It's better, right? It's sadaqah. But, but that's not across the board. And it shows you the calamity of the ignorant people is that they, they place things in an improper place. This was from the things that the, the, the Jews fell into. Putting a kelima in the wrong place. Putting a kelima in the wrong place. Putting rooms in the wrong place. Trying to mix, as they say, proverbially, apples and oranges. Right? This is not applicable if you say, well, what's the problem? He praying over five times. That's good, right? No, it's not good. It's not good when it comes to this. The Shaykh he says, لا خير بعد ما شرع الله عز وجل على لسان نبيه عليه الصلاة والسلام من الخير. The Shaykh he says there is no good لا خير There is no good after that which Allah subhanahu wa taala he has legislated upon the tongue of His Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam. There's no good after that. The good is in doing that which the Prophet ﷺ commanded you to do. The good is in doing that which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala commanded you to do. We are Ahlul Sunnah. You understand? We worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala upon the Kitab, upon the Sunnah as the Salaf understood it. We believe based on what? The Kitab and the Sunnah on the understanding of the Salaf. Our character is based upon the Kitab and the Sunnah upon the understanding of the Salaf. This is how you see that the Salafi. No matter what he's talking about, it can be fiqh. You understand? Because some people, they have a twisted understanding of what it means to, to have hikmah. Right? They say, oh, we want to go give, give da'wah to uh, these people from the hizbis. Right? It's a hizbi place over here, we're going to give da'wah. So they say, okay, what's going to be the way in? I'm going to talk about fiqh. I'm going to talk about fiqh. Anybody like fiqh, right? Teach them how to make wudu. Right? You know, the first person I heard say this, and I'm pretty sure plenty of people preceded him, but the first person who I personally heard say this statement, you know who it was? Abu Muslimah. The first one. First one. You see how he was like, like trying to like put, put inside the people the, the hizbiyah? He's saying, you want to weigh in? You know, to give dawah in a non-Salafi masjid? Go to him with a book of wudu. Tell him I can teach you about wudu. What are you talking about? Because you, because you, when people think we, they, they deem that as a soft subject that we're not going to rub nobody the wrong way. I'll talk about that a little bit and then let me teach Aqidah was a Yes, yeah, salam. This is not how the Salafi teaches. When the Salafi teaches, no matter what he's speaking about, you're always going to hear about Tawheed, you're going to hear about following the Sunnah, so on and so forth, because it all refers back to it. Even in this particular affair. Now, when it comes to good, adding upon good upon good, what's good is what Allah legislated as being good. That's good. That's what's good. Now, what the Prophet ﷺ informed us is good. That's good. Not other than that. Adding on to that. That's good? No, adding on to that is what? Bid'ah. Now, what did the Prophet ﷺ, he said in the hadith of Aisha, that as it comes in Muslim, Man amila amila laysa alayhi amruna, huwa raddun. Whoever does an action that's not have on it our command, is rejected. Okay, what did the Prophet ﷺ say in the hadith of Aisha that's been narrated by Bukhari and Muslim? Whoever introduces into this affair of ours that was not from it is rejected. So a person can't say, well, I made up something new. I'm thinking now, from bad, from safe measure, better be safe than sorry. If you have doubt about Vuhu, just pray it again. It's good. Uh, no, it's been uh, rejected. Because when did the Prophet said, ever pray Vuhu twice from this particular standpoint? Bad is safe measure. When did the Prophet said, ever tell us Sahab from bad is safe measure? Then, you know, pray your prayers multiple times. Pray Jumar, then pray Vuhu. Pray Asr, you have that pray Asr, pray Maghrib, you know, then pray Maghrib, keep praying Maghrib to Aisha, it's okay. Nah, it's bid'ah. So even when we're speaking about, uh, even when we're talking about fiqh, even when we're talking about fiqh, right? How can you avoid mentioning the affairs of Tawheed? How? Allah Ta'ala is the one who legislates. Sahulillah. Right? Allah has legislated that the acts of worship are as they have been legislated. So we can't come and add on to that. Right? And the mere fact that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the legislator, then this is from what? This is from what? Tawheed. Sahulillah. Following the sunnah of the Prophet and praying and, and worshiping Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala as he has taught us, this is from the Bab of what? Following the sunnah. So how can we even speak about the affairs of fiqh if we don't mention these things? How is that possible? How is it? 
Right? This is why we have to have distinction in our doubt. We have to have distinction in our doubt. We have to be clear. Right? Have to be clear. We have to be clear upon clarity. There's no way that that yani, that a Salafi should speak and not bring the clarity. Should not bring the clarity. If there's a deviant group that has to be spoken about because they, they go contrary to what is being mentioned, then you have to talk about that. Why? So that the people are upon clarity. Not that they're living their deen upon generalities. Our deen is not a deen of generalities. If you went to the kuffar and you said that monotheism is good, we have to be monotheistic, and so on and so forth, what Jew and Christian is going to, is going to debate with you if you bring it in that general sense? Tawheed is good. Monotheism is good. Worship Allah. You can even say worship Allah. Right? What Jew and Christian is going to disagree with you? You come and tell worship the creator of the heavens and the earth. Okay, yeah, that sounds good. Everybody agree with that, right? But is that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the Quran? Huh? What did he say? Worship Allah and what? Well, that's just Worship Allah and don't make shirk with him. It makes it clear. Not just worship Allah. Don't make shirk. Don't make shirk. Don't worship Isa. Don't worship Uzair. Don't worship Mary. Don't worship Matthew, Mark, Luke, and whoever. No. Details. So you got to be careful when you find people come with generalities. This is not from the way of Ahlul Sunnah to come with generalities. Ahlul Sunnah brings detail because the Prophet is telling me for details. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in, in the Quran, He brings what? Details. How you want the Quran and the Sunnah and you leave off the detailed da'wah, you come with a general da'wah. It's like the ulama, they say they're from them, Shaykh Fawad al Amri. He says that whoever doesn't warn, whatever da'i, salafi, quote unquote, does not warn against the people of innovation. Right? Who does not warn against the people of innovation? He said that in, in, in reality, his dawah is the same as the dawah of the Khwani Muslimin. He said because he only intends to gather people. That's it. Only intends to gather people. Akhi, you gotta be upon sunnah. You have to do good. Billah is bad. And so on and so forth. How many times have you heard, unfortunately, because sometimes we get stuck in situations, right? You're traveling. You have to pray Jumah somewhere. Not traveling, but I mean, you're outside. your, your, your away from your masjid. Selling your masjid. You're praying, right? Because your work, your job, whatever. So you have to pray in this particular masjid. And the khatib is up there. Tablighi, Sufi, Yani, Muharif. And he's up there talking about, Oh, Bid'ah is bad. To the end of it, and so on and so forth. And you're looking at him like, SubhanAllah, are you saying these words? And you're the first one these words are against. Right? They're telling you, the sunnah is good, brothers. You have to be upon the sunnah, and this, this, that, that, and this. And sunnah to Nabi, sorry, salam, sahaba, da 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 da. And this guy's muqtadir, ikhwani muqtadir. And he's saying words like this. You understand? Because it's not like they don't speak in these general terms. They speak in these general terms. But when you get down to the specifics now, you tell a tabligh, who from the Sahaba did what you do? You want to talk about Sahaba, you want to bring, you know, Hayat Sahaba, the Sahaba so good, their life story, da 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 da. Nah, I'm good. But who from the Sahaba went out and gave Dawah 40 days? Three days, six months. Who did that? Now you want to bring details, now what happened? Now, you know, now it's different. Right? And this is important. So you gotta understand that it is possible for a muqtadid to pull off that general da'wah. So don't be fools because you hear a person say sunnah. Bid'ah is bad. Right? Even some of the khawarij, don't be fooled. They'll come to you and they say, no, no, we don't make khuruj on the hakam that's Muslim. That's haram. And this guy is straight khadiji. So don't be fooled. He say, oh no, this person agrees with the sunnah. No, you gotta get the whole picture. Because they'll say that, but then when it comes to a specific situation, like what happened in Egypt, for example, they said, no, 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 that's okay. Well, how's that okay? I thought you just said you don't make khuruj on the hakim that's Muslim. Oh, because Mubarak, they don't fit that bill. They encourage people to go against yani, the government of Saudia. Well, how do you encourage people to go against this? No, because they don't fit that bill, they're different. So then what are you talking about? So you can't get fooled because a person, he comes with some type of verbiage that sounds familiar. You can't be fooled. And this is why you can't give your ear to anybody. How many of us know the effort of Ibn Sarin? That verily this deen is what? Huh? Oh, I'm sorry. Verily this ilm is what? 
Dean. So what? So why should you take your dean from? Right? We know this. All of us know this, right? Where's the application? Anybody pop up anywhere say they sell it for you and we start taking from them until otherwise. Right? How how often is this calamity? Somebody pop up, no one knows from where, from who, from what, so on and so forth, and now we all want to take anything from them. Until what? Until refuted? We take anything until refuted? Is that was the way to sell up? You sit with anybody until it becomes clear they're not upon the sunnah? Or was it from the way to sell up? You don't sit with nobody until you know first they're upon the sunnah. Which way was it? Huh? That what? We don't take from nobody until we know first. But is this the application that we see in this time that we're living in right now? Everybody pop up, say he's selfie, everybody's selfie just because somebody said. Huh? Mashaq Rabir from years ago, way back, Mashaq Bayan, years ago told us, don't say anyone is selfie until you know for sure he's selfie. So you know for sure he's selfie. Don't testify that he's selfie. You know for sure. Go back to Usul Sunnah by Imam Ahmad. Look at the verse in the, in, the, in the beginning of it and you will find this. Why? Because you can't get fused because Ahl al-Bid'ah, they may agree with Ahl sunnah at a point here and there. Don't be confused by that. Of course they agree with us here and there. Of course. Ta'rifu min umwa. Tunkir. Hadith Hudayfa. You will acknowledge certain things from them and other things you will what? You would, you, you, you would, you would, you would, you deny, disagree with which means that what some of the stuff Ahlul Bid'ah says is haq. Right? But because they speak the truth sometimes, what does that mean? Nothing. Shaitan sometimes tell the truth. Right? So you want to you read a book written by Shaitan? Talking about it might be some truth in it. It's impossible for somebody to lie 100% of the time. Who want to waste their time with that? Especially as Shikr Thaymeen, Rahimullah Ta'ala, he says, if we have no need for Ahlul Bid'ah or anything that may happen to say that may have had uh, agree with the truth. Why? Because the people of the truth already said it. People of the truth already said it. So yeah, we have to be detailed in our da'wah. As you find the imma, they are very detailed, as we see here in this particular standpoint. That Shaykh al-Bani just didn't explain to you yani, the, the, the fawa'at from this particular hadith, from this particular standpoint of not increasing upon uh, uh, any act of worship and so on and so forth, but then he brought you detailed examples so that you better understand what not to do. So that you better understand what is the sunnah and what is bid'ah. So when people come and say, no, but khair, yani khair is khair, it's yada khair. Khair ala khair. No, it's not khair ala khair. What's khair is the sunnah. The ziyada is bid'ah. Ziyada is bid'ah. And bid'ah is what? The worst of affairs. The worst of affairs. So you find the Shaykh, he took time to explain that. Because this is how they bring clarity. They don't bring a general da'wah. And the Shaykh, he says, Al-Khulasa, he says, so in summary, this particular hadith, uh, it, it, it prohibits the Muslim from proceeding in Ramadan by fasting a day or two before Ramadan. And it makes it clear uh, that there's no problem for the one who was accustomed to fasting a fast that he's able to, that he's allowed to fast a fast that that is a uh, exception to the rule so if he so if he had a particular act of worship from fasting that he was upon like fasting three days every month and then Ramadan comes and in that particular year he had only fasted maybe a day out of these three days then it is okay for him to fast two more days even if those two days happen to be right before Ramadan because he's completing his, his monthly fast of fasting in three days. Or if he fasted two of the days and he owes one, then he can fast a day, even if it's a day right before Ramadan, so that he can complete what he has become accustomed to in his, in his uh, program, his habit for, for fasting, and so on and so forth. And then the shaykh, before getting into the next hadith, he mentions that you have from the ulama, those who say that you should fast the day of, of doubt, just to be cautious. Just to be cautious. Right? And we know from this particular hadith that that's not correct. Correct? Right. And you have others from the ulama that say, no, it's not permissible to fast the day of doubt, but rather we are not to fast the day of doubt. And when we have doubt, then we are to make uh, Sha'ban as 30 days and then fast Ramadan. Right? He said, this is what the other side say. Right. And he says, and that which supports the statement or that which supports the correct statement 
is the second hadith in which Imam Ibn Hajar he brings. Uh, because after, and this is the, again to show you the precision and the clarity, how they, they, they don't leave no opening open. The ulama, they don't leave no opening open. Imam Ibn Hajar, he didn't bring just the first hadith and say, okay, that's enough, people should get it. You know, day of shak, you don't fast it, and so on and so forth. But he brought that hadith, right? So that this, this tremendous rule is established that we don't bring increasement upon an act of worship. That we don't bring any ziyada upon an act of worship, right? And that includes fasting the day of doubt. He also brings after that to close the door to any speculations. And this is an important part of our da'wah. We have to close the door of any type of speculations. We have to close the door of any type of confusion. You understand? Because if you are uh, a Salafi da'i, right? And people see you all the time hanging around with known tablighis, known ikhwanis, laughing with them, eating with them. Someone saw you in Starbucks drinking coffee with them, laughing and having a jolly time and so on and so forth. What is going to be understood or what could be understood in that situation? That you guys are on the same thing. That if you're okay, maybe he's okay. Maybe someone sees you, they don't know that this is the biggest, the biggest ikhwani in town. He don't know that. So he's thinking that, oh, um... I know this brother Salafi, right? I seen that guy before in this masjid. I don't know who he is, but I seen him before in this particular masjid. So this guy is good. I work not far from where I saw this guy in that masjid. Maybe I'll stop in there for Juma one day. Maybe I'll stop in there, right? And that's why the Salafi has to be mindful. Because you may say, ah, I just want to give him advice. Okay. You want to advise him? Fine. Advise him in private. Why you want to advise them in Starbucks where you could be seen and maybe cause confusion to a person? Advise them in private, behind closed doors. Give them advice. Because if you give them advice behind closed doors, does that open the door for any type of fitna? No. Because ain't nobody seen you with them. Right? Maybe you're not laughing. Maybe he laughing. Maybe he's having a good time. Maybe you're just sitting there, you know, regular stone face or what have you. Right? People see him laughing. So they say, oh, maybe the brother told a really good joke and now he's laughing. Because you know it's not from it's not from proper etiquette to laugh at your own joke, right? Huh? I'm asking you. Is it? Generally, no. So they might think he said something funny. Now the other guy's laughing, right? So still, it may open the door. You say, but no, I was I was stone faced. I didn't, you know. No, still, close the door for any type of confusion. Ahlul Sunnah, we're not in the business of confusing people. So we have to be clear to uh, to always strive with the utmost to be clear. From the standpoint of closing the door and being clear in every issue. Clear in every issue, right? Imam ibn Hajar, he brings as the next hadith, عن عمار بن ياسر رضي الله تعالى عنه من صام اليوم الذي يشك فيه فقد عصى أبو القاسم صلى الله عليه وسلم. He said, whoever fasts a day of which there is doubt with regards to it because it's cloudy and so on and so forth, then he has disobeyed Abu Qasim. Who's Abu Qasim? The Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. This particular hadith has been collected by Al-Bukhari Ta'aliqan, has been collected by Bukhari in a disconnected form, and it has been connected with a connected form by uh, the five. Now, by the five, meaning it's been collected in a connected form by Imam Abu Dawood and Abu Dawood and Ibn Umajah and Nisa'i and Tirmidhi uh, uh, and the like and also Ibn Khuzayma he, he brings it and also Al-Irwa Imam uh, Al-Albani he brings it and Al-Irwa uh, and in other places it has been collected Naam, ala kullan is it clear with regards to the day of doubt, do we fast on the day of doubt? No. And if a person has fasted, uh, has a routine or a program of fasting, can he fast a day or two before Ramadan? Yes. Yes. But in general, if that's not the case, then we're not to fast a day or two before Ramadan, correct? Why? Can't worry. What's another another reason why? Nah. 
break between the obligatory and the obligatory. It has to be a break between the voluntary and the obligatory, right? Why else? It's prohibited. Why else? From the wisdoms. So we don't what? In- so we don't increase upon that which is obligatory, right? And also to close the door for what? For for confusion and before to close the door on the again open the door for speculation from the standpoint of what as a brother said precaution open the door from uh, closing the door I'm sorry uh, from precaution right so we don't open that door we don't open that door of well maybe and better be safe than sorry and from precautionary safe measure all of this closes the door and these are from the benefits that are contained in this particular hadith. Uh, may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala reward the Shaykh tremendously for pointing these things out and grant him a tremendous uh, reward in the hereafter and Jannah to Firdaus. Ameen. Ameen. Uh, wa ta'ala an yaj'alna وأن يجعلنا مباركا حيثما كنا وأن يجعلنا من من إذا أعطي شكر وضبطلي الصبر وإذا أذنب استغفر فإن هؤلاء ثلاثة عنوان السعادة هذا يا عباد انتظاركم الله خيرا فنتفي بهذا القدر وصلى الله وسلم على نبينا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين